I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. It's Friday, and that means uh, we're going to talk about some weird stuff. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. In the weird, weird world of health. <laughs> Yo, guys. So we're, weird. Uh, the three of us are back in the studio together, yeah, finally, been, after like almost uh, two months, probably. It's yeah. been a while, yeah. Brian was, um, uh, I mean, what, what, what is Antarctica? I guess it's like the opposite of Santa's house. It's uh, hell. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. frozen hell. Yeah, it's, it's hell. down so, I'm. You know what's funny? It's Helheim. It's, it's Helheim. I've been playing God of War, and you are in Helheim. Somebody asked Jerry's me been referencing God of War the other day. Situations. Uh, I was so I have a, a parka that I w- that I got when I was down there. It has an Antarctica patch on the side. Yeah, and I was in a store the other day, and somebody said, "Whoa, Antarctica! Have you have you been there?" And I was like, "Yeah, I just got back like two days ago." And they were like, "Oh, crazy though, right?" And I could immediately tell that they were like a bit of a conspiracy theorist. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. it oh, is no. crazy. And and she was like, is it true that they only take you on a specific route? Like they only let you go to certain places? And I was like, yeah, that's true. Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> no, this is that, I don't want to say the place okay, that I was at right, because sure. it, was a sto- it was a store and she worked there. I and, know exactly uh, where. And so. so I'm going to take a guess. You, you go first. <laughs> the store that Brian is always at. No, no, it's not. A st- <laughs> <laughs> what store am I always at? Yeah. <laughs> The crystal shop. I was going to say, just look at uh, what this guy, look at like 90% of what this guy's wearing. So anyway, it wasn't, <laughs> no, it, wasn't, it, wasn't it wasn't there. I know uh, it was. Brian so, so, so is what that does it rhyme with? What does it rhyme with? Uh, rhymes with, um, uh, uh, no, uh, it rhymes with mild peak. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was uh, trying to remember what the name of the place was. So, so anyway, uh, I was there and, and, and she said, is it true that they only take you on the specific route? And I was like, yeah, it is true. And I was like, I also saw the wall. And she was like, Oh, you said you said you saw the wall. And she was like, That place is real. And I was like, Yeah, it's totally real. And she was like, I wonder what's on the other side. And I was like, I don't think anything. And she was like, Me too. You know about that? How incredible would it be if like a conspiracy theorist is like that you could just go, Yeah, you could just go and observe it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like 
it wouldn't be a conspiracy theory if you could just go and see it. There would be pictures of it. Well, <laughs> yeah, there would be. That's wild, Brian. But uh, do you want to hear something even more wild than that? Tell me. Parents welcome twins from embryos that were frozen 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. How nuts is that? What? I actually yeah. didn't. Uh, I didn't. Di- I Someone sent that to me and I... I, I opened the link and I was like, I was going in the elevator or something and I couldn't read it. And I just kind of skimmed the headline and stuff. And what, so was it, was it older people who had the baby or were they just old embryos? No, just old embryos. So, uh, April, 1992, uh, Vanessa Williams is save the best for last to top the billboard 100. Arkansas governor Bill Clinton was running for the white house. Uh, who's the boss aired its final episode. Wait, and oh, yeah. the babies born to Rachel and Philip Ridgway a couple of weeks ago were frozen as embryos. So uh, Rachel and Philip Ridgway are the par- the new parents of the babies that were uh, the twins that were embryos that were frozen almost as long ago as I've been alive. Um, on October 31st of this year, Lydia and Timothy Ridgway were born from what may be the longest frozen embryos to ever result in a live birth, according to the National Embryo Donation Center. The previous known record holder was Molly Gibson, born in 2020 from an embryo that had been frozen for nearly 27 years. Molly took the record from her sister, Emma, who was born from an embryo that had been frozen for 24 years. Okay, wait. So because it was the same couple, does that mean that they froze them when they were like... It's, n- it's okay. not even their embryo. No, okay. no, no, no. Yeah, someone okay. else's embryo. yeah so um, uh, the father, Philip, said, there's something mind-boggling about it. Um, he said when he, he and his wife cradled their newborns in their laps at home outside of Portland, Oregon, he said, I was five years old when God gave life to Lydia and Timothy, and he's been preserving that life ever since. Um, in a sense, they're our oldest children, even though they're our smallest children, Ridgeway added. The Ridgeways have four other children, ages eight, six, three, and almost two, and none of those children were conceived via IVF or donors. Uh, the embryos were created for an anonymous married couple using in vitro fertilization. The husband of the embryos was in his early 50s, and they used a 34-year-old egg donor. Uh, the embryos were frozen on April 22nd, 1992. I wonder, what does it say why what the reason was behind choosing that embryo? Yeah. I mean, they kind of go into it a little bit. Um, uh, so, so, okay. So these embryos, they sat for three decades in storage on tiny straws that were kept in liquid nitrogen at about 200 degrees below zero. Uh-huh. Um, in a device that looks like a, like a propane tank. Guys, I have an embryo <clears throat> that's in a, that's in a freezer right now. At um, at your house? No. <laughs> it's at a special place. Uh, these embryos were kept at a fertility lab on the West Coast until 2007. So they sat there for years. Wait, wait, Taylor. Are you paying storage fees? Yeah. Actually, you have yeah. to pay like a monthly. Is it a monthly amount or a uh, yearly? It's an annual amount. How much is it? Is it more than like, um, like you know, a storage unit? Yes. Oh, yeah. how, how much is it? Uh... I believe it's eight hundred dollars a month. Uh, that's uh, sorry, not more a than month? a storage. No, year. no, no, no for a year. 
Oh, dude, storage units are way more than that. Are yeah. they? Yeah, like oh, yeah. minimum a hundred dollars a month. No, I bought unit. a storage oh, yeah. unit not that long ago. I immediately got rid of it, but it was like. 50, Suppose it, it, was de- like, it depends on the the, the units and the size. It was like fifty bucks <laughs> in location. Yeah, I think it's either. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's. I think it's like eight or nine hundred bucks a year. Well, these embryos were kept in a in a lab uh, on the west coast until th- 2007, uh, when the couple who created them donated the embryos to the National Embryo Donation Center in Knoxville, Tennessee in hopes another couple might be able to use them. The five embryos were overnighted in a special, specially outfitted tanks to Knoxville, uh, said Dr. Jordan, the Ridgeway's doctor. Taylor, I need to ask. I'm, I'm, I'm still curious. So so you pay this annual storage fee. Sure, shut fee. the fuck up. Brian, ask <laughs> so, your question. I need to know this. So you pay this annual storage fee. Uh-huh. If, if eventually you're just like, ah, fuck it, we don't, like we're we're not gonna we don't want to have another baby we don't want to use it. Mm-hmm. What do they do with it? Do they just dispose of it, or you do they use it for somebody else? You choose, I think. That's right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you can choose to do what this couple did, which is donate it to. I mean, I, we would of course donate it. Yeah, you could donate but. it for for somebody to use. You could donate it for research. Um, you could donate it to be like you know like I don't know like vivisected by by like stu- like med students and stuff like that. Um, so. So the, the, the couple, they said, we've never had in our minds a set number of children we'd like to have. Obviously, they're, they're up to six kids now. Yeah. Um, we've always thought that That's we'd have as many as God wants to give us. Okay. That's um, interesting because like... Did, cheers, cheers, passing like, subtle judgment over well, here. I'm just curious. It's up to God. It's, okay. uh, it's totally so up to God. Okay. What is God's plan? Just out of curiosity. For like, them it, to have... Too many kids. Well, because like, like, <laughs> at, at what point do you like? Just kidding. You when, have six kids is fine. fine. When does the personal? When does the personal of interest someone sort of of interest of someone intervene with God's plan? Because like, if they had to use a f- frozen embryos, um, was that God's plan for them to use those embryos? So yeah. are they intervening? Everything a that bit? happens is God's plan. Yeah. Even if you decide to, it was God's plan. Something. For you, you to, to decide that. Okay, perfect. Just yeah. curious. Yeah, it's it's yeah. all it's all prophecy. Are you not um, familiar with God's plan? Well, God's plan was for me to ask this. Haven't question. you listened to Drake? <laughs> um, so when people undergo IVF, they may produce more embryos than they use, which I take as the case uh, with you guys. Yep, yep. Um, and extra embryos can be cryopreserved for future use, so donated to research or training in advance uh, to advance the science of reproductive <laughs> medicine, or again, like we said, donated to people. Um, who would like to have children. Um, and this couple, uh, they were looking at other ways to have kids. They didn't need to go the IVF route, but they heard of, um, you know, embryo donation, and they decided to go down that route um, as per God's plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as with uh, any other human tissue donation, embryos must uh, meet certain U.S. Food and Drug Administration eligibility guidelines to be donated including being screened for certain infectious diseases. Mm-hmm. Taylor, do you think there's an opportunity for like a, crazy. like a little side hustle with it's your illegal. embryo? It's illegal in Canada, specifically you, in Canada. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like Selling it? Well, not selling it directly, but like say somebody, you, you offered somebody- I just popped down to the fertility clinic and I'm like, yo, I'd like to just like- I know it's not standard protocol to take these puppies <laughs> home, but like uh, no, I kind of no, no. just want to have it. No, I'm imagining more I like this. Chuck right? it up on Facebook Marketplace and see what I can make. <laughs> so somebody who might be looking for an embryo, yeah, and you right now could potentially be planning on using yours, but maybe not. What sure. if they paid your storage fees on your behalf to to be the first person 
who's on 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 the list to receive it if you decide not to use it. I don't decide what I don't decide. I don't get to decide who gets it. Oh, That's, you should it's yours. Uh, yeah, but I think when you make the donation, then it's up to a an organization to decide. Uh. I think then it goes into like it seems like these people are an anonymous. I know what you mean. I know you're. I know you're. I know you're. <laughs> By the way, I'm. Jo- I know you're. I'm I know you're mostly joking, joking. But but it is illegal. It is illegal in Canada, but it's not elsewhere. It's not illegal in Czech Republic. You can you can uh, sell. You can sell. Uh, I'm not sure if you can sell embryos. You can sell eggs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so like you know, I I know people who have gone to Czech Republic to mm-hmm. do fertility treatment because they had trouble with both egg and sperm here. And right. uh, so they went to access something in Czech Republic, which was not, which you couldn't do, which you can't do here. And I am joking. The reason why I asked the question jokingly is because I want to better understand like sort of what the regulations mm-hmm. and rules are around um, using that embryo. Yeah. And by asking that question, I can better understand what is and isn't allowed in our country and in other countries like it's uh it's it's crazy the whole process of is crazy like because i i'm i'm sure we probably went down this in like a drawn out fashion when we did the episode with uh kyle and i about uh, ivf but like essentially we got nine eggs that then you take those eggs and you fertilize them and we got five fertilized eggs and then those five fertilized eggs ended up in three embryos and then, so you see how like this is a process of elimination at like every step. Yeah. So nine became five, which became three, which we put two in. One survived. One became Zaya. No idea which one is which one. Um, they get they grade your embryos. What do you mean one survived and one became one became Zaya? There's two, we oh, put two embryos. One in. survived and that one became one. Zaya. Sorry, yes, one survived and became Zaya, and the other one did not survive. So like there was a chance there was like a tool, like a 15% chance or something like that, that we would have twins. Yeah. Um, so, and they get graded. So like you, you basically get like a, like a, like a, an AA rating on one of them. And there was like, and they, they, they rate them based on like the shape and there's a whole bunch of things. So we actually have no idea whether the one that became Zaya was like the top rated one or mm. this like lesser rated one. Um, Wait, why don't you know that? Because you just you can't they put they them can't, in and they, they, can't they can't tell which oh, one's which. I see. And then we've got one in storage. Right. What's mm-hmm. that one rated? The one in storage. I can't remember. They S-tier? were all they were all quite <laughs> they were all like relatively quite. Um, the re- the reason I and I want to just uh, make this clear. The reason why I made a a little a little uh, chuckle about sorry, God? chuckle about the God part. <laughs> I have no problem with with. Um, I don't believe in God, but um, if you do, that's great. Um, but I do want to say he won't be friends with you, but <laughs> no, it's I, okay. I've got lots of religious friends. Um, uh, <laughs> but I do want to say that, uh, so this couple, they, they referred to this as embryo adoption, which is a, which is, uh, not correct. Um, it is separate from adoption, uh, embryo donation and, and adoption are, you know, d- adoption is a completely separate thing. Adoption is, uh, taking, taking in someone who is already alive um you're you can't you're not adopting an embryo that just it just doesn't work like that but that's what they called it that's what he calls it that's what the family calls it the doctors unofficial term the doctors very officially said that's not what this is that's um, what pro lifers well, refer to it as well yes so so um the national embryo donation center which is the people behind this um this embryo becoming a thing for this family um, 
this whole like adoption thing has been kind of wrapped up in like a cultural debate. Um, the oh, primarily in like faith based, heavy conservative leaning organizations. So the National Embryo Donation Center is a private Christian led organization. And it requires recipients to pass a quote family assessment um, and says that couples must be a genetic male and a genetic female who have been married for a minimum of three years before they're willing to um, allow them to go through the with the procedure. So Ew. specifically, it's with a bit, yeah, it's getting, a bit, yeah, it's a bit like, okay. is that God's plan? I don't know. So it, so know, but, that's but, the way God feels. But that's just about this organization. Yeah, yeah. Which in, in, in particular, matches people with uh, with an embryo that's yeah, already been created. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the center says it's helped uh, with the births of over. Uh, one thousand two hundred and sixty conservative children. My my problem with these these. Um, <laughs> I didn't even notice that you said that. I thought it actually said that in the article. But my problem with these organizations that are faith based. <laughs> my problem with the the faith based organizations like this is the the way that they name them themselves, like the National Embryo. What is it called? It doesn't the, sound very religious. Right. It's not. It's yeah. intentionally not because yeah. It, oh, yeah. it's 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 intentionally misguiding oh people. yeah well i mean that's that's that why that's why that's why you get a lot of like like pop-up organizations i mean it may it may be even in this city in the north end of a space that is uh that has nothing the name has nothing to do with anti-abortion but everything they do is anti-abortion and yeah. you could walk in there and be like man what are you guys up to in here and like like, like well, well, well you guys like you're not saying they, anything specific but you're referring to potentially like a used clothing store that could be supporting something like that potentially like, maybe so, yeah something like that yeah i mean it's like why super pack yeah you know super super packs are like families for america is it and rhymes so, with the mild geek yeah it's like it's like why super packs are not like are, are all called like fa- like families yeah. for america or whatever like that instead of like we're buying the election yeah. hey <laughs> foundation <laughs> Speaking of this family that just had their sixth baby um, with twins, um, they just added to the number, which uh, has just surpassed. Uh, on November 15th, um, the global, global population is projected to have reached 8 billion people. Uh, so last week we hit 8 billion, uh, signaling major improvements in public health that have lowered the risk of dying and increased life expectancy. Um, but the moment is also a clarion call for humanity to look beyond the numbers and meet its shared responsibility to protect people <clears throat> and the planet, starting with the most vulnerable. This is from the UN. Uh, they said, quote, unless we bridge the yawning chasm between the global haves and have nots, we are setting ourselves up for eight billion strong world filled with tension and mistrust, crisis and conflict. Uh, said the UN secretary general Antonio Gutierrez, um, so eight billion. You can start saying now. There's eight billion people on yeah. the planet Earth. I've been saying that for a while because, like, yeah, I think I, I have too. Up. I've been like seven. Yeah, I've been saying like seven billion, eight billion, but uh, yeah, we're, we're at eight. Um, but in that same breath, there's a uh, there's an Israeli-led research group that just released their latest study that says that sperm counts worldwide have plunged. 62% in under 50 years. Whoa. How nuts is that? Crazy. So the study sound, uh, sounds alarm bells for both male fertility and for male health in general, its authors said. Uh, this is because low sperm count is considered an indicator of men's health with low levels being associated with increased risk of chronic disease, testicular cancer, hmm. and decreased lifespan. 
kind of interesting to put these two things together, the 8 billion strong followed yeah. up by this immediately. Uh, they said, quote, we should be amazed and worried by the findings, said Professor uh, Haggai Levine of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, who led the peer-reviewed study together with Professor Shauna, Shauna Swan at, uh, at New York's ICANN School of Medicine. Uh, Shauna Swan was the uh, uh, the woman who wrote the book. Oh, yeah, right. That uh, uh, Aaron Brockovich covered yes. in that uh, yeah. piece. Uh, the trend of decline is very clear. Uh, they told the Times of Israel. That was about uh, the P, the, P, the forever plastics. Yes. PFCs or yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah. This is a remarkable finding, and I feel responsible to deliver it to the world. The decline is both very real and appears to be accelerating. Levine's last study on sperm count was back in 2017. Uh, it garnered widespread attention after it reported that sperm counts among men from America, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand dropped more than 50% between 73 and 2011. Mm -hmm. the, See, new when, study, the new study, which covers 73 to 2018, has seven more years of statistics and is far wider uh, in reach, covering 53 countries. Wow. wow. I, you know, when you Children started talking about yeah. the population uh, reaching 8 million, or 8 billion, sorry, I, uh, I was thinking of a controversial figure right now, Elon Musk. Uh, what he has been saying quite a bit is that we actually aren't... Uh, facing a rising population in the near future, we'll probably face a declining population for this fact, plus um, the idea that <laughs> the aging population, baby boomers, once they start to die, there's a lot less. Um, the, I think the average child per family has gone down significantly in the last 30 to 40 oh, years. Yeah. Not for the Ridgeways. Yeah, yeah, not for the yeah, Ridgeways. The, the average, um, the average but, person. But I, average I, I was hearing that we're, we'll be facing a declining population in the next 10 to 20 years. I think it is supposed to plateau at 10 billion in uh, the 2050s or something like that. It might reference it in Ooh. that article. Um, and then I think plateau, I don't know how long the plateau is for, maybe like 20 or 30 years. And then I think we're probably facing a declining population by estimates like near the 2100 yeah. uh, ish range. And that will be devastating for everything across the board. Like, because, and, and I don't mean that in like, a, here we go with we financial need, talk. I don't mean <laughs> that. In like we need to keep growing because like, we all know that a rising population is really is, is shitty for the, for, for the planet and for us in a lot of ways, but it's also the measurement by which we have built our entire civilization. And I don't mean, Canada, North America. I mean, the whole world is based on having a lot of people. And the world will have a very, very uh, intense reckoning when it's mm. when the population starts to decline. I doubt it because... Um, <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Interesting. Because I think that the declining population will be replaced by robots. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm probably right. To be honest, just, just you know, be replaced so, with AI. it's so great that like this podcast will probably still exist in some capacity 30 or 40 years from now. And somebody will be listening back to this in the year like 20 in the year 2000, 2070. And they'll be thinking, wow, Brian was really right. That's making the assumption. And I'm not saying you're wrong because you could be right. But it's making the assumption that that those two things happen in, in, in sync together. Oh, I'm not assuming that. Well, that that assumption has to be made. That is a built-in assumption. It can't. So, it can't. That assumption can't not you, be present. Do you think that the population <laughs> statistic in like forty or fifty years will be divided by humans and robots? So, like, 
the world has I hope so. eight billion human beings and uh, two billion robots. I think it'll be more like the world has one billion human beings and two billion robots, no, and no. the humans are slaves. Yeah, to no, the robots. Brian. What I'm what I'm saying is that is that as the population declines, that there has to be a force of robots ready to take that place. Right. Of and course, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's not for sure. Even though I hope it. I hope it would be that those two things will line up together. No, they won't. Like uh, I mean, like the likelihood of them lining up is right. Slim less is, yeah. le- is is less. So, so maybe we'll have robots sooner than maybe, the human decline. Right, but that's the only good option in that scenario. If it's it's bad. If did, you guys watch, got, did you guys watch After Yang? I did. Yeah. No. You should, oh my you god! Really, should. really good. You'd you love really, it. Really, really yeah. should. Yeah. Did you guys watch Stuts yet? Not yet. No, I haven't. But we'll watch it for next week and talk about it next week. Yes, please. Here, uh, this has all kind of been a bit of a bummer. Um, So let's let's throw to something that's not as much. Also, kind of a bummer, but but (laughs) but very interesting, uh, nonetheless. So this is a this is a commercial, um, and before I play it, what I will say is that embedded in the commercial is an accessibility feature. Um, for people who um, who cannot see, so it's like audio descriptive descriptive audio uh, during the during the commercial. Um, so if you're wondering who the uh, who the narrator is, um, don't be uh, don't be surprised. A shop called What's in Store is open for business. Security cameras show that nearly all the products on the shelves are blank and have no information on them. A woman walks into the store. She looks at the blank products and is very confused. So this is a re- this is like reality TV. Uh, is there anything you're uh, particularly looking for? Um, an explanation? One by one, more customers enter, each <laughs> as confused as the last. What's all this unmarked stuff? Uh, just, it's just regular food. What's the deal? <laughs> How can you tell what's what? They don't even have signs. <laughs> um, a woman points to some tins. Is this a different item to that? Not necessarily, no. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure this isn't some kind of massive joke? So you don't know what it is? No, I don't. No, No, you know, obviously, but how do we know? No, I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) The title reads, everyone should have the right to know what they're buying. Yet nine in ten blind and partially sighted people find it difficult to access crucial information on packaging. (laughs) There's no nutrition value, there's no fat. There's no salt, there's no sugar written on the labels. What do you know what you're getting? Well, if you have that allergy. Good question. My mind is working overtime right now, trying to figure this stuff out. So just imagine if this was your regular shopping experience. Like if you went to... This is the regular shopping experience for somebody who's partially sighted or blind. <laughs> Quotes from people with sight loss read, I have to depend on others to read it for me. It's denying us our independence. I want manufacturers to take notice. A title reads, we're working with brands and supermarkets to make their packaging more accessible, but there's still more work to do. Find out how you can help at rnib.org.uk. RNIB. See differently. Yeah, that, that so- gave me... Goosebumps. Right? So yeah, RNIB cool. is the Royal National Institute of Blind People. Um, and, uh, well, you know, I got to say one thing about the audio, the descriptive audio. It's really helpful for the folks at home that are just choosing to listen to the podcast as opposed to watch it on YouTube. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I didn't really feel the need to have to describe anything that was happening in that video. You kind of really, <laughs> you really fucking get it all. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. it'd be great if we could have that that descriptive audio pretty much in every YouTube video that we show <laughs> on the podcast. I mean, you are sort of that. I am sort of that, but I'm, but I'm not nearly as good as that woman. I mean, she nailed it. She's got it dialed. She in. fucking nailed it. But it's good. It's a learning lesson yeah. for us too, even in the work that we do. Like yeah. the, sometimes the even though we're we work in this space, yeah. sometimes the content that we create is not fully. Accessible. And th- and that's something that I that I you know I thought was really interesting about this uh, this sort of infomercial was that um, that's something I've never thought of. That's something I've mm. never considered. And we've spoken to people who are blind on the show a, a, a number of times, in particular talking about like accessibility issues. One one episode that comes to mind is the woman uh, in the U.S. who um, basically got into like a uh, a sort of spat with Samsung, I believe, um, because she couldn't tell how to do her laundry um, because there was no, you know, it's like you go to your laundry machine, those new ones, you're like, you're just twisting a dial and all you hear is ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. You have no idea where, what, what's what, like, you know, are you doing a, are you doing a normal wash? Are you doing a fucking cold wash, a hot wash? Are you, you know, is it just a spin cycle? Like, what are you doing? And so yeah. she was kind of like, I need some sort of accessibility here to see what the fuck I'm, I'm, I can't do my laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, I live by myself or, you know, my partner's not around. So help me out here. Um, but the thought of going into a grocery store without being able to see and not having, you know, there's no braille in the grocery store. There's no braille in the convenience store. Like you can't, unless you have someone there with you or unless you're using that app, be my eyes, be my eyes. That's what I was thinking of. Like when you use, so for people who are not familiar, be my eyes is an app where you can sign up as we've talked about it before, but you can sign up to help uh, yeah. people who are blind uh, do basic tasks like you know, looking at a, an item on a grocery store shelf and finding out what the nutritional value is or finding out what it is. Yeah. The way it works is that you have the app on your phone. Somebody who is blind is the user on the app. They request help. It randomly selects a phone number, calls you on the, like it calls your phone and then you kind of open up like, it's like a like almost like FaceTime, and then they're sh- they're using their camera um, for you to see, and they ask you know, I, bro, didn't you get a guy that was like he was going for a job interview and he couldn't figure out which shirt was like the red shirt? Or yeah, something? I, I did it a couple times. I helped somebody find the right color shirt. I yeah. helped somebody uh, find out how long you should cook uh, like a microwavable dinner for. Yeah, right, right. I helped somebody find the um, input button on a TV remote. There you go. Um, there, like, but it's it's interesting to to. Because like, geez, my, my like, I feel like my mom could could use that app to call you to be like, hey, how do I figure out Roku? Yeah, just like yeah. a general does, tech support yeah. request. How, how does AirPlay work? <laughs> yeah, peer to peer tech support. It is it is interesting though because like, and even I mean my like my own ignorance in using that app, like it feels good to be able to help someone. But you like I even in those experiences that I've had, I didn't think of how I've never really thought of like how fucking hard all, it would yeah, be all encompassing to be my eyes is really just right. is really just like a shortfall for yeah or windfall for uh a bigger problem that exists yeah, you know? yeah. that they can't like solving the problems that need to be solved like on mass like mm-hmm. like going oh wouldn't it be great if we didn't need to use be my eyes mm-hmm. to figure out what i'm eating yeah you know, one thing I've noticed, and, and I, I, I feel like this must be an answer to an accessibility issue. Um, I've noticed now in using my streaming apps, um, you know, Amazon Prime, 
Netflix, mm, Disney right. Plus. Yep. As soon as I start up a video, um, it's automatically feeding me the subtitles, mm-hmm. uh, like closed captioning. And specifically closed captioning with the, um, uh, is like SDH. So it's like, it's not just the words that are being said, but it's also the closed sounds. captioning for like the sounds. Yeah. And, like and if they make a sigh or something like that. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Or like, a, a, you know, like a door a, opens, a, a babbling brook in the yeah. background, like that kind of thing. And, uh, I remember when it happened the first time I was like, what the fuck? Why is this on? Like, did I, did I put this on one day and just forget to turn it off? And then every time I bring it up, it's on and I'm like, Oh Oh, that's why. Right. It's like the Nova Scotia donor program that you got to opt you out. Gotta of opt it. out. You got to mm-hmm. opt out of it now. Because yeah. it's obviously easier for us to opt out than it is for somebody who's, who's blind to or opt deaf in. to opt yeah, in. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I, th- I think is great. I yeah. think it's a great, uh, great feature. Um, um, moving on here. Uh, I was having a conversation with uh, Kira, my partner, who's a nurse, and she was telling me this crazy story about a <clears throat> about a patient who uh, who who candies and rainbows coming out of their <laughs> no, chest. No, very, very much not that. Uh, this patient, uh, he was having a hard time with his health, and uh, she was kind of like taking care of him, getting to know him. And uh, one of the things that he told her was that he struggles with uh, homelessness and one day he decided uh, to get himself uh, arrested to be put in jail so that yeah he had a place to eat and mm-hmm. sleep mm-hmm. and I was like wow that's oh man that's a wild that's a wild thought um, and the next day my phone must have been listening to me because I got fed this article this is an older article it's from 2011 but uh, I wanted to bring it up because I feel like this will kind of fall in line with a conversation that we're having next week on the show with our old friend, Nahid Dasani. Um, uh, a man in the U.S. allegedly robs a bank for $1 to get health care in jail. Whoa. So a 59-year-old man um, uh, back in 2011, 59-year-old man has been jailed in Gastonia, North Carolina uh, on charges of uh, larceny after alleged allegedly robbing an RBC bank for $1 so that he could get healthcare in prison. Richard James Verone handed a female teller a note demanding the money. I love that it was $1 and claiming that he had a gun. According to the police report, he then sat down and waited for police to arrive. Uh, I say I'll be I'll sit uh, I say I'll I'll be sitting right over here on the chair waiting for the police. Vernon uh, Verone told reporters recalling the June 9th robbery in an interview from a Gaston County jail and wait for the police he did. Quote, he's sitting on the sofa as you walk in the front door the bank teller said on the 911 call. Police arrested Verone where he sat. He was unarmed. Verone said he asked for $1 to show that his motives were medical, not monetary, according to the news report. Uh, With a growth in his chest, two ruptured discs, and no job, Verone hoped a three-year stint in prison would afford him the health care he needed. He said, quote, I'm sort of a logical person, and that was my logic, what what I came up with, Verone told reporters. If it's called manipulation, then out of necessity, because I need medical care, then I guess I'm manipulating the courts to get me medical care. But the charge of larceny, not armed robbery, is unlikely to keep Verone behind bars for more than 12 months. Uh, He's being held in Gaston County Jail on a $2,000 bond, according to a spokesperson 
from the jail and is scheduled to appear in court uh, June 28th. That, but that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Man, that's, uh, I mean, that is, have you guys ever seen the movie John Q? Uh, Denzel Washington. Oh, yes. Like years and years ago, his like mid two thousands or something. Right? Yeah, his son, yeah. His son has a heart, has like a sudden heart issue. I feel like he collapses at a sports game or something yeah, like yeah. that, and he needs a heart transplant, <clears throat> and it's gonna be like something, you know, three hundred and fifty grand or something like that. They're gonna have to pay, yeah. and you know, they're like a like a lower middle class family, and um, and he can't pay it, so he goes into the hospital. I think the emergency room, and he takes the he takes the emergency room hostage, hostage yeah. and his 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 uh, demands are that his son get a heart transplant. Yeah. Um. And uh, anyway, so just wild sort of movie. like, yeah. yeah, it is it is it is quite wild, and like <laughs> the relationships that he develops with all the people that are in there. And I, be- uh, you know, it's like a fifteen year old movie or more, so I'm not spoiling it for anybody. But I believe he like he creates some like pretty deep relationships with the people that are that that he's taken hostage. Yeah. And. I think that they and I feel like they end up being like we're not leaving <laughs> until this kid gets a heart transplant. Like they buy into his his motives and yeah. uh, it's really it's just a you know similar to this like it tells a big story. Man, what a what a broken system though. Oh, man. Right? Like yeah. when when people have to resort to doing things like that just to get base a basic basic well, level of care. I mean, and that's why I brought this up because next week we're going to be talking with Nahid about the broken system here in Canada where people are resorting to applying for MAID because they can't pay the rent mm-hmm. or they can't, they can't pay for their food. Um, but what know. I, what I don't get in the U S system, and this is something that I would like, I'm, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying like this, I'm not saying I don't get it like a criticism. I'm saying like, I actually don't understand. I want someone to explain it to me. Cause I know that, that I believe that there is a, that they have to treat you. If you are like, if you're unwell, I think they have to like the Hippocratic oath, I think is like saying we have to treat you, but they have to, I know that then there has, there's a, there's a price to that. And if you can't pay it, is it really just, you can get treatment, but if you can't pay it, then that just like unleashes (laughs) a deluge of, of, you know, financial despair for the rest of your life where like, you know, you can't, you could never get a credit card. You could never get a host. You could never get a car. You could never get a job. Like, like all these things, maybe not a job is, but you know, is it that it releases that or is it that somebody simply, cause I believe if you go in with problems, they still have to treat you. I think. I don't know. That's a good question. Know. Yeah. I don't know either. I mean, like I, I remember being in the States for yoga teacher training and uh, a gal from Ontario came down with like a pretty severe lung infection and I don't know. I feel like she wasn't insured, but she got admitted and they treated her. But like she ended up coming out of it with like a $40,000. Because I think I think our government will pay the bill up to a certain extent. Or maybe it's like, you know, for this, but not for that or something. Not if you're traveling without insurance, though. Really? Yeah, Yeah, I I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Or they will pay the bill, but then you need to spend the next seventeen years just picking up garbage on the side of the highway. I mean, I mean, to be to be fair, you know, to uh, play devil's advocate in that situation, like I don't think the our government should be responsible to pay someone's bill if they willingly uh, 
don't get health insurance when they're traveling abroad. You should always get health insurance when you travel. That's yeah, a, that's a, I mean, that's this a isn't big, a, a this mistake. is not a this is not an ad for like RBC or whoever. But like, if you like like paying for a flight with your credit card is like it, like. It comes with so many incredible benefits it that de- you wouldn't even know that you yeah. wouldn't even know existed. I think it depends on the car- card too. Yes, it, yeah. it it does. But I think I think I think like if most- your card is silver, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> you, need a, you need a black card <laughs> that's made of metal. I think most I think most basic credit cards <laughs> uh, have like have like a lot of Ooh. have a lot of under- features that, yeah. that that you never even know they have. Yeah. That's why they give you those features because you'll never use them. It is <laughs> there's just a bunch of them on a list, and the majority yeah. of people don't know what they're entitled yeah. to. Like, like I just went and again, this is fucking way off topic and not to do with anything, but like I, I was just, in Europe, so why like, are you saying I rented a car for a month and I, I was like, I was given the option to spend an extra thousand euros on car insurance for a month. And it's like, if I didn't read this section of my credit card agreement yeah. that says that I have an auto insurance for rental cars through my credit card, yeah. I would have been out of an extra 1500 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, let's have a little, um, a little cheer up, uh, with a couple of, uh, TikToks that made me chuckle, uh, this, this week. Do you don't want to talk about insurance more? No, I don't. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, this one, uh, reminded me of my childhood. Um, so we've got a, a toddler on a nebulizer. And uh, Dude, he's like got he just, your energy yeah. so hard. <laughs> he's just sitting on a nebulizer. That's parents, how you sit, dude. The parents put That's it how you sit. When you're on a coach, you almost exclusively sit like oh, I this. I love it. I love sitting like that. That's great. And uh, closed captioning here. Nice uh, you're sitting with your knees mm. up and your feet on the chair. Yeah. You know, I went to, uh, I went to, <laughs> I meant to say this, but it kind of, we kind of bypassed it when we were uh, talking about the accessibility commercial. Um, I went to see Shakespeare by the Sea, I think last summer. And I was with you. At Shakespeare by the Sea? Oh, right. And we were both probably like, what the fuck is happening? Because at first I didn't get it at all. I, I got it because I'm more empathetic than right, you. Right, yeah, because you feel other people's pain and I don't. It's true. And um, <laughs> You should have seen Taylor when we put on uh, All is Quiet on the Western Front and the, and the <laughs> subtitles came on immediately and he was like, what the fuck, man? What do, like, why the fuck does this shit come on automatically? And I was like, well, first of all, Taylor, it's a German movie. Um, secondly... <laughs> I'll play along with that. Um and uh and all the and all, b- before the show starts all the uh all the actors in um in uh the play they oh, yeah, they, right. line, they line up and they're like told me about hey this. like I'd be like hey I'm Taylor I'm 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 32 I'm I I'm a white male I'm wearing a green hat I'm wearing navy pants I'm wearing a black hoodie and I am playing the role of puck <laughs> yeah and then, and then and and that was it and I was and like I, and now I'm spinning I was like why is everyone <laughs> describing their features so yeah. so descriptively yeah. i couldn't believe that no. you that you didn't know why they were doing because it. it was like i mean i can understand that it's no, it just took me it's, a beat. um uh that you wouldn't be expecting that because i think this is a new typically you don't see that at the thing. theater but yeah. but uh but as soon as they started doing it i was like oh, oh that's yeah. cool that yeah. they're doing that here yeah. good good that's yeah, good you think you're better than me that whatever it doesn't matter uh here's another tiktok this one didn't make <laughs> me chuckle but it did make me go whoa that's uh that's wild I, actually the reason i'm bringing this up is because um, this week on Turn Me On, my other podcast, um, Bridie and I sat down with our friend Jess and we talked all about periods and period trouble. Um, and this TikTok from a doctor who is 
quite an old man, but clearly knows his demographic is very interesting. That is not cap. Research found that <laughs> menstrual cramping can be just as painful as having a heart attack. So, uh, so, so what he said, so there was a comment, that is not there was cap. a comment, uh, you know, you can like respond to comments. So the comment was, I heard that period cramps can be as painful as a heart attack. And he pointed to it and said, that is not cap, which means for all you millennials plus, uh, that, that is no joke. Yeah. Uh, that's no joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he L ratioed that, uh, <laughs> wait, hold, hold on. I thought I said it was no myth. lie, no joke, no lie. Same, same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no joke and no, they're not a lie. Not joking. No capping. No cap. Capping okay. is lying. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Capping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're not lying. So, yeah, yeah no yeah, cap, though. True. No cap for real. Uh, oh, God, baby girl, no cap. Shit. Period dead, pain. Dead period ass. pain can be as painful as a heart attack. Man, isn't it crazy that we'll just never, I'll never know. Dude, isn't it crazy? I can that, only read it. Isn't we can it imagine. Isn't it crazy that we don't have. I don't know if you can. Isn't it crazy that we don't have period leave? Yeah, like that's yeah, a crazy. Yeah. That to me is a crazy thing. Well, yeah. I think, be, and I, I think, uh, well, it's there all, are some countries that do. It's all. I think it's all tied into itself in some way. Like it all comes back to just like the we're not we're we're not vocal about it, be, and that's shrouded in like shame or secrecy, yeah. and that, that we that we feel like we need it to be a, a much more private situation because. Well, I mean, I, I will push back on that. Yeah. There are lots of people that are extraordinarily vocal about it. No, it's I, just I, I mean on like a scale, like a <laughs> like a scaled level. I think, and and I, and I don't mean that people aren't talking about it. I just mean that like it is looked at as like such a private thing that it ends up being something that not enough people know about or are aware of. I think it's less that I don't think it's. I think it's less that it's looked at as a private thing. I think it's more so looked at as like, well, this is just your life. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. You get this once a month. Fucking deal with it. Like it, it comes back to the conversation about like women's health not being taken as seriously as men's health. I, I think I think that's the greater issue. It's that it's looked at as like, eh, well, it could potentially yeah. also be the fact that uh, like ninety five percent of CEOs are dudes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, like that, I mean that that which I think kind of plays into what I just said exactly. You know, it's like it's just like it's not as it's not an issue that we should care about it like which i do that's not what i think but like that's the way that you it's said it <laughs> i'm gonna clip i'm gonna it. cut just <laughs> that and that's uh, gonna be the clip that we post don't say you didn't to, say uh, it you know it's like uh, the conversation we had on the podcast this week with with um with jess taylor um she she experiences like really intense period pain um has like a lot of different period problems and was diagnosed with um uh, a type of PMS that is, it, it, it's a, it's a different type of PMS. I should remember it. We recorded it weeks and weeks ago now, but um, it's less about the physical pain that comes with periods and more about the mental health related issues that come with, with her period pain. So much so that she's on antidepressants mm. because of her period. Mm. Um, and it's like, that's just not being talked about. That's just not being covered. That's not being like focused on in terms of women's health. Um, um, super interesting. Endo okay. too is like another perfect example of just like, yeah, it's a, I don't know. We, yeah. we still don't really know enough. So two things, uh, one thing really short and one thing more detailed. So the first thing is something that I would love, I would love to talk to about to somebody on the podcast. Um, uh, meaning like a researcher, professor, doctor, et cetera. Um, is Kylo is telling me that, uh, it's really common that, 
if you if you historically have had like really mild uh period uh like a, a really mild period where like you don't really have symptoms like kyla's really never dealt with um cramps or anything like that pms symptoms and uh um that once you have a baby that can like completely flip on its head oh, yeah. and i don't know if it's if, if if it gets if it if those symptoms become uh, more severe for like indefinitely or if it's or if it's like short term after it's supposed to be after your your period returns after pregnancy so that's something i'd, I'd be interested i'd be really interested to, to tackle but um so you guys know i'm really into peter atia's podcast you know that part i know you guys love andrew huberman so andrew huberman was on peter atia's podcast and they did like a deep dive into a bunch of different stuff and one of the most interesting things that they covered was what uh andrew huberman asked peter atia what he thought was one of the like one of like the biggest let like clinical um not malpractice but what am i what am i like, one of the most clinical failures in medicine in the past like recent history like the sure. past 30 or 40 years and uh and peter tia's response was the um shoddy research that led to um that led to a complete lack of um hormone replacement therapy for uh for women um, and he talked a lot about how like really, really low dose hormone replacement, um, around the time of your cycle can, is like really proven to eliminate, um, to eliminate like period symptoms entirely. Mm. Um, and it has like no repercussions on it, but then there was just like this really shoddy research that showed, that showed a result that was sort of like statistically manipulated to to show something else and that that's basically been like there's been you know millions millions and millions of people that have dealt with uh that have dealt with uh, period symptoms that <coughs> disrupt their lives in a major way yeah and that that's been like almost entirely preventable for the past like 30 years yeah yeah i would say i mean i'd say that one of the <coughs> things that we've learned uh, over the past seven years is that there's just not enough research done yeah. in women's health in general. Yeah. And so like that, I mean that, that can be a major, uh, part of that. Yep. Um, all right, well let's, uh, cap, uh, no cap, cap this off with, uh, this week's edition of what the hell I was like, wait, are we ending or are we lying? <laughs> uh, no cap. This is a crazy story. Oh, on uh, God, shit, dude. on Dead God, ass. this and this story is n anything but bussin. <laughs> oh shit! So, uh, a Wisconsin nurse this week has been charged with elder abuse. Cool. Uh, according to the complaint, uh, there was a man who was admitted to the Spring Valley Health and Rehab Center after he fell in his home in in March. These are really turning into feel bad Fridays. This one, this one's, this one's pretty feel bad. There's <laughs> generally yeah, yeah. nothing good that yeah. we talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so he fell in his home in March. The heat was not on, and so he he suffered frostbite. Um, oh my god! The tissue in his foot became necrotic and died, uh, leaving it attached to his leg by one tendon and roughly five centimeters of skin. Okay? Oh my lord! So while he's at the Spring Valley Center, the man was getting um, separate care through the Saint Croix. Hos uh, County Hospital uh, Hospice Health Workers. So he was he was in hospice care. Um, this woman, uh, the nurse Brown, uh, worked at the center but was not a hospice nurse. So this guy was not 
doing good. And he was, uh, the, the physicians working there had a feeling that this guy probably wasn't going to survive. So he was, he was on his way out. And the nurse, Nurse Brown, um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she had this really crazy idea for like a bit. Um, Clip and Jared thinks this is funny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not funny. She thought it was funny. Um, oh, really? This is a com- wait, wait, comedy? wait, wait, oh, yeah, a comedy the, bit. Oh, yeah, like a comedy bit. Like she thought that this would be a fun bit to do. Um, and uh, and they definitely no one agreed with her, but she was talking about it a lot. So basically, she said to the physician, she was like, "I think we should amputate his foot, like because that thing is it's looking necrotic. It smells atrocious. We got to get rid of this foot." And the physician was like, well, like it, we definitely could amputate it. Um, but I'm going to say we don't, uh, because a, he has literally said, I don't want you to cut off my foot and B he's going to die. So no, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to like, like why stomp that out. Cause this man, this, I can, I can so picture this type death. of boisterous person in this situation who's like smelling this foot, like, ah, oh, that foot's stanking. We got to cut it off. Yeah. And like, like yeah. the joke just keeps going. No, no, far. that's not the joke though. Okay. Um, so one I can't picture that, uh, one nurse, <laughs> one nurse who had changed the man's bandages on the morning of May 27th said that he could still wiggle his toes. Um, Brown told two other nurses at a shift change that she was going to cut off the victim's foot for comfort after being told not to also not in her scope of practice. Nope. Um, but they told her, they were like, no, 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 don't, no, no, don't do that. Uh, Brown had two certified nursing assistants that went into the man's room with her to change bandages. And while they were changing bandages, she cut off his foot. No, no, no. Um, no, no, no. With, uh, with, nope. with gauze scissors. No, stop it. Um, apparently it was su- oh. super easy. She's like a couple snips and Dude, the foot came right Well, off. I mean, maybe she was right. She definitely wasn't. Um, because he said, don't. Um, so, so. <laughs> okay, sure. He so was yes, like, yeah. but maybe she was, but maybe despite his wishes from like a medical perspective, maybe she was. But right. also, I think the but doctor also, he was said gonna, no. And the doctor was like, he's going to die. It's, there's yeah, yeah, no, there's yeah. no need totally. for this. So just don't. Yeah. Uh, Tracy writes the center's director of nursing. So uh, she, she could successfully remove it with scissors. Yeah, without her, with it, not even in her, she's a nurse. So the bone she, is like. Oh, this thing was the bone thing, is like mush. It was just like jelly oh flesh. My God. Like there was there was nothing there. So Tracy so messy. Tracy writes, um, the center's director of nursing uh learned of the amputation two days later from a distraught nursing assistant uh who had gone into the room and saw this happen. Oh my lord. Um wow. Wright said that the nursing assistant told her that the man didn't appear to be in pain during the amputation, but another nurse told an investigator that the man said afterwards that he felt everything had hurt very bad. Uh, Brown told an investigator that the man did not ask her to remove his foot, which she described as mummy feet. Um, but she did, she did it to make his quality of life better is what she said. Uh, she acknowledged it was outside her scope of practice and that she did not have authorization. She kept the foot in a freezer at the hospital, at the hospital, um, and was talking about it. Just like I I did this thing. I can Um, picture this type of person. Uh, for sure. After she cut the man's foot off, um, Mary Kay Brown, 38 of Duran, told her colleagues that she wanted to display it. So this was the bit. She wanted to display it at her family's taxidermy shop with a sign that said, wear your boots, kids. Wait, hold on. 
Okay. So, okay. This is totally insane. So she a week uh, about a week after the amputation, the man died. So she okay. So this guy has a foot that obviously can't the, could, necrotic could, could smells really bad. Like, like it could fall off if he steps yeah, stood on it. Outside of the fact that he's about to die, yeah. If it was like my foot, it's got to go. Yeah. So, but this guy's dying. So it's like, don't do that. There's no need. He's about to die. Plus, he doesn't want you to do that. So she takes plus, it upon herself. Plus, it's not in your scope of practice. Plus, you're going to traumatize obviously. everybody else around, probably including his family. Yeah. So she amputates his foot and isn't, like, I, I'm assuming it's not a secret that his foot has been cut off almost immediately. So doctors, administrators, other nurses, they know that this has happened. She's talking about She's it. She's talking about it. Yep. She obviously doesn't think that there's that much of an issue with it. No, she really thinks that it'd be worth taking the foot, casting it in uh, uh, taxidermy and casting it in like bronze and mounting it with a sign that says, wear your boots, kids. This is so okay. weird. Now, now. <laughs> just, just the fact that how sure she is that she's right in this. She, she's yeah. so sure. And also how she feels like it's now hers, that she took it off of him. And for some reason, it's now hers. She was pretty convinced that this was the right idea to cast it and mount it and put a sign that says, wear your boots, kids. It's not funny that she did that. No. It's funny that she thinks it's okay. I mean, that, I don't even know. If, I, I would argue that that's not even funny. Um, I mean, I'm uh, laughing because I feel uncomfortable. It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian thinks it's funny. Clip it. <laughs> <laughs> now, guess how much time she's looking at? <clears throat> 12 years. She is facing potentially up to over 90 years in prison. Mm, why? I mean, yeah. that's all. I mean, obviously, obviously, obviously anybody with a 90 year prison sentence dies in prison, but like she's 40. Yes. Yeah, so she, she's going to die in prison. Yeah. So is it worse the, than murder? Yeah, well, so there's, I mean, there's argument that. What's the it, charge? The guy died a week later, um, but, uh, but obviously he was going, he like, he was going to die. Um, and the complaint gives no indication that the amputation hastened his death. But the charge is, uh, the charge is. 90 years. Elder abuse. And of course, like, going outside your, your scope of practice, like, you know, all mm-hmm. those things. Um, 90 years. I mean. I, yeah, it's I, a, that's a pretty high sentence. I, yeah. I mean, you sh- like, you know, I mean, I if I if I like, how about this? If I cut off your foot and you said, please don't cut off my foot. And then I cut off your foot. And you, and, you know, you lived. Am I in a hospital? Yeah. Are you a are you a medical no, no, staff? No, let's just say let's just say like like after the recording, I was like, by the way, just come, just come here for a second. I went. Yeah. And I just took your foot off. Yeah. I think 12 years. I think I mean, that would make you years. that would make you like a menace to society for sure. <laughs> this woman seems like a bit of a menace to society. But yeah. it depends on your, depends on your motive. Like she genuinely feels like yeah. she was but, but, doing right. the right but, thing. But, but, no, no, so but, if you but, genuinely felt like you I, were cutting I, off Taylor's foot. And my plan is to genuinely get a taxidermy and put it and mount it and put it on a thing that's <laughs> like, how many years do you, do like, you get? Wear your boots. Kids. I don't know. 10. I'd probably go t- here t- in Canada. It might be quite different. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like, I don't know Man. what the deal. I, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's got a, 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 a pretty poor history of, Fucked up individuals. Ed Gein is a Wisconsinite. Ed Gein. 
the man that um, See, uh, Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based off of. Oh, you know what? He the, uh, killed a couple of people and turned his mom into a uh, leather piece of leather. I mean, yeah, turned his mom into like lamps and shit. This is a this he made a nipple belt. Nice. This might be a hot take and like. Uh, <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin, just, I think Wisconsin just like, look, we're done with people cutting people up. Justin Vernon's from Wisconsin. And who knows how many skeletons he has in his closet. Um, this might be a hot take. And like, I, I think it's getting a little bit late in this episode to dive into all the prison system uh, reform that could be done. Um, no, it's perfect. It's a perfect system. <laughs> but, but to me, this person um, did something unforgivable and I mean, deserves it's, it's to serve some time in, in jail. However, <laughs> like the, I feel like this type of person is savable in society. You know, like they, yes. they're fucked up. They made bad, they made a bad decision that like it's, it's unforgivable in that sense. However, this person with some education could probably become a good, healthy contributor but to the society. System, I the, say give her the chair. <laughs> <laughs> the prison system doesn't doesn't you know like it was what Gabor Mate said. It was like how about a how about a correctional system that corrects something? Yeah. You know, like, yeah it doesn't right. like yeah. The, the, the jail system doesn't correct the correctional system doesn't do anything. Her, her spending twenty years in jail is just setting her up to be even worse than she is. Um, I mean uh, honestly like although I don't know Orange is the new black seemed like a pretty fun place to be. Yeah, they make yeah. prison look pretty cute. And I right. want to be a doctor because Scrubs was my favorite show. And Grey's yeah. Anatomy is mine. So yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I I feel bad for putting this in uh, on the same week that we put out the episode about um, about nurses being burnt out, and we need to like support our nurses. I'm sure there's a nurse. We just need like, to balance. God damn it, Jeremy! Like we, we, we just talked about how good, how much we need nurses. We're just now. balancing the narrative. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, the narrative is. We're driving the nurses crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And so yeah. we need them to not be burnt out. Or, Otherwise, we're going to keep doing stuff like this. You're, or like, hey, you're attracting the wrong, the wrong crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's a joke. This is so, these are all jokes. Yeah. Um, or all, are they? It's all funny. Feel good Friday, <laughs> folks. Hope you have a good weekend. Uh, thanks for tuning in, <laughs> and uh, we'll have some more feel good content next week. Um, or and, not. <laughs> and if you want to uh, support we'll the podcast, come on over to Discord where uh, episode discussions are happening every week. And uh, if you want to be even deeper in on that, you can uh, you can even help us produce the sh- content that we bring up to you on our Feel Good Friday episodes. So uh, the link to our Discord is in the show notes of this episode. And um, on top of that, you can support the show by leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen. But if you listen on Spotify, pick up your phone, go to the mobile app, and uh, leave us a little rating, a five-star rating, preferably, but whatever, it's up to you. Um, that would be great, too. And if you want to let us know something that's on your mind, something about uh, nurses, maybe? Nurses, hot topic this week. Hot good, topic. good or evil? What's What do you think? <laughs> uh, letters at sickpointpodcast.com. And uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, go to sickpointpodcast.com slash contact and fill out our guest form. And a huge thank you to the folks that make the show happen. A big thanks to our manager, Jeff Lonis, and to Rich O'Coin for the theme music in this episode. That is it for this week. Until next week, actually, that's uh, not what I say. That's it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.